It's a special episode of Daily Delivery. Um, counting down the 10 best moments in Minnesota sports in 2023. Jeff Day from the Star Tribune is with me. He is kind of my partner in crime. Um, no partner in, I guess we don't commit crimes. On, crime, yeah. These are not really, not a crime to rank teams, rank things, but you are my... You were kind of my go-to in in these kind of like ranking draft kind of things. I think I think we do these well. We bounce things off. I bounce things off each other well. We're gonna do the top ten moments of the year in Minnesota sports in draft form. Um, I I won the pre-selected right to pick first. Yes. Um, we did a random number generation. I asked you. Um, I picked a number between one and 100. I asked you if it was above or below 50. You took above. It was 42. You trusted me, which I which I appreciate. And it was, yeah. it was um, you didn't even need this. Didn't even need the screen grab. Didn't need anything. You just that that's the trust we've built up on these uh, on these podcasts over the last several months. Um, Jeff, are, you ex- are, you excited, are you excited for this? Yeah, I think I've yet to win one, so I should kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I think we. We spread them out far enough that I kind of forget that you always win. <laughs> I tried. Well, the first one we did, I tried to give you the first pick in both, but you're like, no, 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 you take one. Okay, okay, okay. I do think uh, the last time you and I had a conversation that we that would be sort of, you know, uh, whatever you call it, sort of just conversational versus yeah. reporting based, was on Carl Anthony Towns. And I just yes. like to say that since that conversation, when you said that he wasn't a good basketball player, he's been for not, well, whatever you said, I can't even remember, but anyway, uh, you know, who's no. been really good since then too? Nas Reed. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. Let's keep but, going. We're going too far. Okay. They're, they're, hey, they're, they're great, right? They're, they're yeah. having a, they had a great 2023. They might a, have, I think they'll be, they a might part of in fact, list. yes, they might in fact show up in this top 10 list, but yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do this in, in true draft form. We're going to go, you know, we're going to start with the very best. So we're going to go like one to 10, essentially. We're not counting down right. from 10 to one. We're basically counting up from one to 10. So Jeff, if you're ready, my number one moment. This is it gets kind of like squishy in here because I feel like a lot of these things could be components of a larger one, and we can still pick. I yes. think a bigger, a bigger thing than just this moment within this framework. But I gotta say, to me, the you know, biggest moment is Royce Lewis hmm. going back to back home runs. His first two postseason at bats kind of signaling that something is different here and we started to see it with him with the grand slams something like that like you know i'm asking all these twins people who i know like what what you know who is royce lewis like what where what is his place already even though he's only played like you know 100 games whatever it is because he's, he's been hurt so much like yeah. his leadership his kind of like get on my back kind of mentality like i was like is he like their best leader since you know Fill in the blank and like Lavelle is Lavelle Neal, who you know knows the twins as well as anybody's like maybe Tori Hunter and he like mm. mentions Kirby Puckett. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like that's kind of what I'm thinking, but it's like it's too soon, but it's not too soon. And then he hits two home runs in his first two playoff at bats. And that 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 got that got target field to a point where it hasn't been, at least in the postseason, probably yeah. ever. It was, I, I, I wondered if this would be your first, I think it's the right pick. Um, and I think it is a moment. It was the feeling of a collective fan base that I think we all sit on pins and needles as twins fans in the postseason, uh, waiting for a moment. And yeah. it has been so difficult to find for all of these years. And there were so many things that went into winning those games um, and winning a playoff series at home. But I think that moment 
was so electric and it was like an afternoon game. You know, I went to two, I went to two playoff games at target field um, and was amazed at the atmosphere. I just, and maybe there's something going on right now with the Minnesota fan bases kind of taking ownership of wanting to show their passion, wanting to show their investment. You know, you're seeing it with the wolves, the Vikings have always kind of had it, but it just feels like, you know, the twins fans, came to that moment and then Royce Lewis was right there to deliver. And it was the second home run to me was one of those things where you just, you're levitating as a, as a fan of a team and, and to see a player make that move, like you said, especially so young, um, it just felt like um, not just a moment for the season, but kind of a moment for the franchise. Like, wow, this is when, this is when um, personality, career, uh, legacy, all of those things start to get built and you go, well, what can a player like this be? Um, these are the special moments that make that happen. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, again, I, I kind of come at some of this from with the twins, like it's also all of the losing they had done up to that yeah. point. And um, just the feeling of somebody kind of going, well, we're going to be done with that for the time being it's, those are special, special moments in sports for not just for the team, but for an entire, for an entire fan base. And I think kind of coming off of, you know, there was so many years where we heard about, here's the next wave. It's Byron Mm. Buxton and it's Miguel Sano. These are the guys, right? Sano signs as a 16-year-old, kind of comes through. He's got this immense power. Byron Buxton, number two overall pick, you know, back in 2012, something, I think 2012, over a decade ago, kind of comes through the minor league system. You see the breathtaking talent for both of them. You see it in stretches for Sano with the, with the massive power with Buxton, with the five tools, but none of them really have had those moments. And then both of them, you know, by way of the things that happen over the years, but whether it's, you know, underperformance injury, things like that, um, you know, Buxton can't stay healthy. Like they don't quite get to that point. And so people are kind of like, okay, well, Royce Lewis is the next great thing like is he really though like is is this you know i'm ready to be disappointed again and then he's not he's not disappointing at all in fact he's he's everything they wanted him to be yeah so far well and that's the thing i was thinking about this because i think you said earlier like you know he's he's played a limited number of games and this is the joy that you and i have had conversations about about prospective talent and the moment that a player starts showing what they're capable of and now everything will probably start to segue into a different kind of expectation. You know, what, what can you do over the course of a season? Can you stay healthy? Can you play? But all of that was forgotten in the moment he had been injured. I mean, that was part of the question was, is this guy even going to play in this game? Right? Like, wasn't he, he didn't play to end the regular season. I'm I'm not misremembering him. I, and, um, and then he comes out, plays and hits two home runs. And it's just like, wow, this is, this is, uh, like you said, it's sort of the, the, um, the explosion of that expectation. I mean, I think for a number one overall pick, his minor league career didn't have some of the buildup um, that you saw with other high-level Twins draft picks like Maurer or Buxton. Or, you know, I think everybody was kind of aware that Royce Lewis had a ton of talent. Um, but the way that it came to manifest sort of didn't follow the traditional first-round number one overall pick. Uh, trajectory and now everybody is kind of pulled back into this guy might be the real thing he might be a franchise altering player um and it and it really came through in game one i mean that 
it's the whole reason that you that people love sports is that exact thing. So it's a perfect number one moment to me because it just I can't think of anything um, even you know, we have had some players recently. It's it's a real wave of young, talented Minnesota uh, professional yeah. athletes. Um, and this was one that, to me, c- kind of caught me off guard as a fan. I I think that his explosion was thrilling and, and gives them – it's like when people look to next season, it's like, well – Everybody's going to be excited because, yeah, they're <laughs> they're losing some pitchers. They're going to have to figure some things out. Yes. But people are going to be extremely excited just to watch this guy play. There's a term, the paradox of potential, that I read in a book several years ago. I think it was, it was mm. about higher education and just how it's kind of paralyzing to have so, in some cases, to have so many opportunities, but also in in the case of an athlete that you're watching where you, you expect so much of them and there's like this – as long as you can only imagine what they're going to do, the possibilities seem endless. When they start actually doing those things is when it becomes kind of scary. Like, well, are they really that good? Uh, like, like as long as they, as long as it's just potential, people are excited about it. It's, it's when it transcends into that next area that it becomes, you know, material, it becomes harder to kind of wrap your head around. But with Lewis, it's, it transformed quickly into this thing where, like you said, where it was like surprisingly, like all of a sudden, like wow, is he he's really that good? Like he's that guy this yeah. fast, even though he's been hurt, even though all this, like he shouldn't be this good yet because he's missed all this time, and yet here he is. Yeah, the paradox of potential, I think, is is a uh, a a perfect title for a memoir. You know what I mean? Maybe for somebody who didn't quite get there, I think we'll just wait right. and see. I could we should do a list of the ten people who should title their memoir the paradox of potential. Um, but yeah, no, it's a hundred percent accurate point, and that's exactly what I mean about. Yeah, he's about to segue into that next space, and yeah. that's exciting too because the great players take that moment and then build and build yes. and build and do something with it. And um, but yeah, it's the 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 if you would have told me who's going to be the person to take Target Field and explode it and take the Twins and win a playoff series and beat a good Blue Jays team, I I don't think at the start of the season or even midway through the season I would have pointed to Royce no. Lewis it's like he no. just. He took his moment and absolutely crushed it. So, um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Pick number two is yours. What do you got? Well, this is interesting because, yeah, um, these are moments we're talking about. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's tricky. Like, we're going to, like, it could get squishy. It, it, we'll, well, we're, these are not hard to find borders, but yes. But I'm going to strictly say this based on the moment of okay. it and, and the feeling of a moment. And I'm going to go with Joshua Dobbs first two games with the Vikings. I think that was, um, even though we are now just a few weeks removed from it being over, it is done. But if we are not talking about sustained story of the year, we're talking about the best moments. And there is nothing like what was essentially the, uh, you know, uh, a backup to a backup coming in. And, doing things that make you feel like, oh my gosh, did, did, did we just find the, it's like finding a magic bean or something, you know, yeah. I've been Jack and the beanstalk, I guess. Um, but uh, you, th- that to me is an electric moment as a fan, much as a superstar grabbing a hold of something and saying, I'm going to be that guy. I think a player coming in that you have low expectations for, and you're just like, well, can this season, can it even stay afloat? Right. Um, he, was the story in the NFL 
for 14 days. And that is such a, that's such a thing, you know, it's I, just, yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And I, there was like, someone wrote a column, like, is he going to be the most attractive free agent quarterback next off season? Like that people were like <laughs> swept up in Dobbs mania, the past or not. Like, and it was, you, you were worried that it was going to be short lived, but you wanted to ignore it. But I, I think this was high on my list too. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all of this. Yeah. And I have, I have other things that meant more to me um, that I think were, are going to be more impactful long-term, but I just think that, the the feeling of watching him take over those games and you know i think there were all the stats about quarterbacks who you know ran and threw for a touchdown in their first two games of the team all this stuff you know he just was doing things that made you wonder if not only could the vikings sustain without kirk cousins could they be better i mean this right. these were real conversations yes. people were having um yes and, and and not and not for you know not not unreasonable ones. Not unre- given what he was doing, I think it was just such a. Um, a it, it'll be a moment that'll probably be lost to history. But I also just loved it. it. Was one of those times where you were reminded of the joy that social media brings out in sports following. It just was people, you know, just posting about this thing as though you know. Again, you're getting this magical feeling as a fan that you have struck some kind of gold and. Um, it was it was a moment. I think it's a defining moment of the year, um, and it might not mean anything in twelve months from now. But in right. that stretch of time, I can't think of many things locally um, that really captured the entire imagination of of the state. Although there's one thing, then you know who I am as a person, so I'll I'll acknowledge that the thing I skipped to pick this really hurt my heart. Um, but I just can't go. I just can't. Twenty twenty three to me, Joshua Dobbs was, and that moment was was a core part of it. Yeah, I, I, it was it was pure joy. Like it was unexpected success. Will never you'll never be get better than that in in sports. Like it's it's it is one thing when a team that you you know pour a lot into and then they come through. There is a lot to be said for that. It feels like there's more on the line. You're more emotionally invested when a team has been that good. But like when something catches you by surprise, kind of like what we talked about with Royce Lewis in the, in the first pick, when something kind of catches you by surprise, you're like, I was not expecting that. Like Dobbs, (laughs) like Dobbs in that Atlanta game that he comes into it. If we remember, it started out terribly. Like he fumbled a couple of times. He looked like completely discombobulated, but then he starts scrambling. He makes some big plays with his feet. He converts that fourth down on the, on the winning drive where he gets out of, gets out of trouble and runs for a first down throws the winning touchdown pass comes out and totally dominates the saints, especially in the first half. Like he was doing things. People were like that. Chris Collinsworth was comparing him to Patrick Mahomes during the Denver game. Like everything turned kind of at halftime of that Denver game. And then all of a sudden it was like the other half of Josh Dobbs, but for like two and a half games, it was unbelievable. Yeah. The, and the, the other part of it too, was this element of, I think there was something to be said about the way that people were talking about his mind, his process, this kind of very uh, intellectual quarterback and Kevin O'Connell calling the game like in his ear as he's walking to the line and adjusting play calls in real time. And like he doesn't even know the playbook and he's leading these comebacks. And um, it it had so many narrative strands to it. And the fact that it did flame out so hard almost again, adds to the moment of it. It was like lightning in a bottle. And um, you know, so many people in the, in the aftermath of it said, well, that's why quarterback is an extremely hard position to play and all of those kind of things. And why sometimes backups are backups. And you think about the great lightning in a bottle. I mean, the one that will always stick with me, the greatest example of this period was Nick Foles. Yeah. Um, 
where you're like a, a quarterback getting hot and not only getting hot for a period of time, but carrying you to a Super Bowl victory. I mean, that was, I think, the the energy around this Dobbs thing. Like, man, if they get Justin Jefferson back and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, this guy's doing this, what what can this team look like? The fact that um, that, that didn't happen uh, steals some of this. But I re- anyway, I refuse to downgrade, like you said, those first, that first stretch of time. Well, am I number three pick is kind of in a similar vein, not, not as much of a flash in the pan, but like the rest of the season didn't become what anybody wanted it to become. But I don't know if I saw a better play than Daniel Jackson's touchdown catch for the Gophers against Nebraska in Mm. the, um, in the opening big 10 game of the season. the, The Gophers were, at one point, they were down 10-3. Like, if you look at all the win probability, like Nebraska was like 95% they're going to win that game. And it's, yes. you know, the Gophers get the ball back on a turnover. They drive down. They miss a play. Um, so it's, it's fourth down. And there's the pass from Calic Manis to Jackson in the corner, kind of like the side corner of the end zone. And when he caught it, I was like, well, he caught it, but there's no way he was imbalanced. There was no way, but he somehow got like his, his opposite foot. Like, I don't know. I still don't know how the physics of it worked, but he made the catch. They tie the game. They end up winning when they get another turnover and the, and the winning field goal, they beat Nebraska. It felt big at the time. Cause we didn't think Nebraska was all that good. It turned out Nebraska was a little bit better than we thought they would, but we certainly thought the Gophers could be big 10 contenders. I know for two thirds of the season, they were until it all fell yeah. apart, but that, that play, that moment, you know, I'm not like, I'm not the world's foremost, you know, follower or watcher of gopher football, but that moment was like, that was one of the best plays I've ever seen. Yeah. I think the catch was again. Yes. The part that you get right is that a, I always, I felt I was watching that game. I'm not a, I'm not a large follower of gopher football either, but I was watching that game and it's like, you're opening with a big 10 opponent. I remember that yeah. kind of unique it was a energy. night game too, right? Was it a night game? Yes. Oh yeah. It ended very late Friday night, maybe, or like a, uh, it was a special, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was a Saturday night. It was Thursday. I think or Friday. Like a Thursday. Sometimes they do those Thursday games uh, around, around labor day. I can't remember. But um, anyway, yeah. When, the fact that not only did that, he, that they get the score on this miraculous catch, but then they very quickly get a turnover, yes. win the game. It's like, what just happened? I mean, the yeah. game, so many uh, football games this year to me have been trash for six eighths of them. And then they just light on fire in the final yeah. couple of minutes. Um, and this was another example of that where it was like, God, this is ugly. Like, this is just a nightmare of Big Ten football. There's no energy. There's no <laughs> offense. We're just trading punts all day. Um, and then, boom, the you know, because what would the, what was the final in that game? 13-10. So 13-10, and they scored 10 points in the final t- yeah. minute? Yeah, so more or less, they yeah. Had, they had three points the entire game. And so that was the other part. It, it just had that feel of um, this gopher team not producing anything. And so, again, you talk about lightning in a bottle. You talk about that just, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what just happened. Yeah. That catch had it. And it was a miraculous, one-of-a-kind catch. catch. Unbelievable catch. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good point. I think it's so much of this stuff is what I love about sports and what's hard to – talk about it because you want to naturally sort of then digress into what came of the season and all of that. But in that moment, uh, week one, it, it just felt like, man, that was, that was a humongous win on one of the best, one of the best receptions you'll ever see. So yeah. I might've also 
given you a chance to to pick the the team yeah, you like the most. So, no, thank um, you. Well, yeah. so okay, number four. Okay, pick. we're number four. Yes. So this is. Um, uh, I had a couple of options here, and I'm going to pick one that I think we could argue both season and game. But okay. I'm going to pick the Timberwolves win over the Boston Celtics um, at home. That was on my list, yeah. Okay, and this was an overtime win on November yep. 6th. Yep. Um, this was early in this season, this miraculous season that his um, – you know, I I feel like I'm at I'm accepting the best actor award at the Oscars because this is an emotional moment for me. <laughs> but this season that has changed my life, um, <laughs> where the Wolves are an incredible an incredible uh, cohesive uh, uh, team all of a sudden, um, that win to me was the kicking off point of this. It was um, it was so. It was not just the game. It was not just Anthony Edwards taking over in overtime, um, doing things that made you feel like this man is going toe to toe with an NBA, you know, you know, one of the best franchises in the, in in the NBA. Um, it was also the crowd. I just remember thinking something is happening here. The Wolves fans have come full throat to this season in a way that is so special. If you care about the NBA in Minneapolis um in minnesota uh the just that entire um you know sort of it's it's not just one thing it's a cumulative effect that makes it a moment for me um it is the moment i will point to if they have great success this season and go far it is the moment i will point to if anthony edwards has a has a great career and and as he's i mean he's already developing it but i mean if it continues on and this is a lasting part of his legacy i think you can point to games or a moment like this and say it's when things change. It's when is when it started to feel real and palpable. Um, and it was it was just one of and they've had other ones. I mean, their win against Miami was absolutely incredible. You know, they beat Denver. They've had some games. You know that yeah. that that quietly have been great for some reason. Yeah. That Boston game, it just was like everybody was aware of it, and it was a sort of. I think a turning point of the year. It was, you know, at that point they they win that game. They went into that game three and two, right? They've I gone seventeen. Right, yeah. They've gone. They went seventeen and two. Okay, after, after that, that. yeah, after that game or seventeen three, whatever it was. I mean, but I'm just saying they they get on this roll after that game, and I think it's because that game told them something about themselves, told their fan base something about what the team was. Uh, reorganized what they thought was possible about their late game execution and who they can hang with and what kind of teams they can beat. And so anyway, to me, um, so far, um, and maybe no matter what, I think it might be the point I look to this year because we're going to enter a new calendar year with the Wolves, um, that I would say that was the moment. It was kind of the buildup from the playoffs the year before um, and this question of what can this team be if they're healthy. All of those things played out it played out in that overtime win. I absolutely agree. And that was, that was the game that I had picked out on my list. If I was okay. going to pick out a moment for the wolves, it did feel like that one more than some of the other ones. And it's a long season left. There's going to be, you know, yeah. in 2024, there's still going to be 50 plus games for them to play against a lot of good teams. Um, there will be, you know, there have to be more moments than that. If mm. it's going to be a successful season, but that was the one so far. You're right. That kind of showed me, okay, this is, this feels this feels different. We've had a lot of this feels different moments so far. And some of them were even just like playing 
okay, but still being good enough to beat a bad team on the road. Like even those are important yes. moments. You know, those are important moments. Those are a little bit more pedestrian. Like, hey, they didn't have their best game, but they, you know, Charlotte was pretty good that night, and then they won at Charlotte. Like those, <laughs> those are the ones that like and that the New Orleans of, at, win. Yeah, at the end yeah. of the year, those are going to matter just the same in the standings, and those are the difference between a a two seed and a six seed sometimes, and and that's. You know, with with the margins being what they are, that's that's going to be vital to uh, to them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I, I'm glad that you kind of agreed with that. I think a lot of Wolves fans look at that game and think that was it was just special. It was just a it was a, it was a riot in Target Center. It was like when Ant was hitting those shots, yeah. and it just felt like there is there is nothing anybody can do to stop him right now. There's just there's something about it's just like Royce Lewis hitting those homers. It's right. like. It's a player. They always say like it. I think it, you know the call is like he's on a heater, which I think is one yeah. of the funny, one of the yeah. great lines. But um, anyway. and that was that was the game Towns fouled out of, right? That was the game that prompted me to yeah. write the post that got us yes. going on on the whole Nazri ah, Towns. That's right. Yeah. So that had a lot going full for circle, it. full circle. Yeah. All right. Um, I got to go back to the Twins for number five, and I got to go back to the playoffs again. Just it was wasn't just it wasn't one specific play, but maybe the Carlos Correa made two. Two or three incredible defensive plays. He was great offensively in the playoffs, but the the play that it was either the play at the plate or it was the pickoff with Sonny Gray in Game Two. And someone someone mentioned this on on social media. Um, there was a, a couple of different moments, so maybe it's a little a little cheating. But I'm, I'm I'll say the pickoff play. But there's also that play at the plate where they they cut down the runner. He made that amazing throw. Yes, of, kind of the double backup uh, on that play. Yes, um, just him elevating after such a such a mediocre you know injury. He played through injuries during the regular season, but everyone was like, okay, Carlos Correa in the postseason is different. You know, Royce Lewis, Pablo Lopez had a huge impact on. Finally, winning a playoff series for the first time in you know twenty years, twenty one years, eighteen you know eighteen straight playoff losses, twenty one years since they last advanced. Yeah. Carlos Correa rising to that other level, and in those in those moments, especially defensively, that to me had to be number five on my list. Yeah, it's funny, you know, Lopez Lopez and the pitching staff sort of maybe gets a little short change, but it's just the nature of it, right? Like you're talking about moments, not necessarily. Um, you know, just like a super strong start or this feeling of keeping a team in contention. So I think your point is completely fair. And I also thought that, um, cause I'm trying to remember, we're talking game two Toronto, right? Game two Toronto. Yeah. Cause I was also thinking, and I don't think I'll get to this cause I think these two are two really good twins, but I was also thinking about game two in Houston, which was a game where, um, Correa had another phenomenal game and yep. kind of came up with, I think he had, you know, three for four and three RBI yep. and just kind of carry, but, um, there he he again was this this thing of this for me it was the throw to home actually that was yes, the one that, that to was, me was yeah. a moment where you're going gee good lord this guy just did something that only the it was like a Derek Jeter type place you know some people hate Derek Jeter but you got to give the man his credit when when something creative had to happen on the field or instinct had to take over and you just had to be in the right place doing the right thing at the right time doing something sort of supernatural or completely above and beyond your standard baseball play, that's what Correa did there. Um, and you're right about, it, you know, it's like you hear about it. Oh, the legend of Carlos Correa, this guy who can do it in the postseason. Um, again, it's why you had the Lewis emerging, and then you had Correa showing you exactly why they brought him in, why they paid him that money, and why they were like, yeah, maybe he's going to be injured. Maybe this, this foot's going to be a problem, but we're going to give him some money because – 
who else can make that play for you? Um, and again, you know, the twins, I hope, I hope that this year is a building block for them. You know, I hope it's like, again, much like we're talking about with the wolves, where you point to these things as developmental sort of, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about a toddler, but (laughs) (laughs) developmental milestones, franchise milestones where you're like, this was when these things started to come together and people realized what they were capable of. I mean, you can tell that for Correa, that is instinctual. That man believes in his ability to make a gigantic play at the biggest moment. He wants to be at the plate. He wants to be in the field. He wants to have the ball roll to him when nobody is expecting an out and he's going to make an out. I mean, that's what makes for just legendary baseball players. That's, you know, I look back at that game too in Houston and I remember sitting there thinking, are the twins about to, you know, (laughs) is this about to go to that next level? Um, having him brought out that that kind of excitement um, and that leadership feeling of somebody who's going to carry you. Um, it didn't quite play out that way, but for a stretch of the postseason, it felt like, man, everything that Carlos Correa promised, he's he's bringing he's bringing right now. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan, the passion, the hope, the anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. You're next, number six. Okay, I'm going to go with this. Now you're going to say, what in the world are you talking about, I think? (laughs) That's good. Um, I I like that. What are we doing? And here's why I'm going to do it. It's something that I learned about. It's a moment that happened uh-huh. that then led me to learn about an athlete okay. um, that completely changed my understanding of 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 an athlete of a person and and their and what and the sort of, of 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 a sport of a competition. So cool. Now you'll tell me if you know this because okay. there's no guarantee you know this. But Courtney Dewalter, okay, yes, this elite ultra marathoner. I will tell you the exact thing. It was a moment for me. So it's like this is a moment for her, and it was a moment for me. Okay. In terms of just learning about her, okay. there was a video on Twitter of her running in the French Alps, and our own Bob Timmons, who's an outdoors reporter, put something together on it um, after it had happened. But she is running in this race called the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc. Right. Okay. I've never heard of this. I don't no. know anything about ultra marathoning. I don't know who Courtney Dewalter is, even though she had a distinguished prep sports career here in Minnesota and was a phenomenal athlete. Um, It just goes to show, you know, the blind spots that you have in certain things. But the reason it was a moment for me is there's this video of her running through the French Alps. And there is this crowd, this manic crowd of people waving flares, American flags, (laughs) cowbells. I'm like, what is what am I seeing right here? Like, it's like when you see those videos of darts in the UK and it's like this mass insane crowd going wild every time somebody hits, you know, yeah. three 18s in a row. Um, It was this realization that there is a sport that a Minnesotan is the best in the world at and can take claim to maybe being the best ever um, and doing things that have never been done. This was like the culmination of her winning three of these hundred mile races. Um, And it led me down a path of learning about her um, and learning about the sport and just kind of thinking about the different ways that, and part of it to me was, uh, an inspirational thing of like 
Um, this, this was not like her path. She came to this at a certain time. And like, so anyway, to me, it was just an exciting moment. I think a lot of Minnesotans when they have, you know, have been learning about this and getting to know her. And, um, it just is like, wow, this is, this is a whole different realm of sports that you can, that people are passionate about. I mean, those fans there, it was like, it, it was like something like a, like a, she comes, you know, jaw, she comes running through. It's clearly like yeah. the end of the race. Everybody's right. going nuts. But it's like a returning hero coming home, yeah. and it's the scene of it all. And um, they the camera pans, and you're just like, "Holy Lord, we're up in the we're up in the Alps." It's like yeah. high altitude, and so anyway, this is a strange one. It's not Royce. I Lewis. like it though. No, I like yeah. it because this this was like this was the wild card that I couldn't find in the year. So I'm glad that you found mm. one because I I was everything I was I was, I was like. I was like, everyone was like game, 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 and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad you found one. And I, I know some about like ultra marathoning and and running like that. I, I can't imagine running a hundred <laughs> miles. Like I, I've, I've done a few marathons. 100. I've done a few marathons in my day, but I even like completing one of those and then thinking about going four times as far. I'm like, yeah. no, that's 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 insane. That is so yeah. hard to comprehend the the physical limits of that, and then to be not just doing that, but doing that at a level where your hope isn't just to finish and survive, but to thrive is amazing. <laughs> well, and also I was watching it cause I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of what I would call uncomfortable on my feet. I have bad ankles. I'm always like kind of watching my step. I'm ready. Cause I've twisted my ankle a thousand times in my life. I need to like wear, I need to start, you know, lacing up like Steph Curry or something. Yeah. Brace up. Um, yeah. But, uh, this is not trail run. This is not like track no. run. This this is mountain paths for yeah. hundred miles. Like 100 I was like, miles. are you kidding me? So anyway, yeah, wild card pick, but just one that it was kind of a selfish pick because it's like I love. It's volleyball did this for me too. It's like a, when I start learning about the excellence of Minnesotans in certain sports, and Jesse Diggins has done this for a lot of us, and so many. You know, curling had this moment where you're like, right. Minnesotans excelling in a sport that maybe was completely unfamiliar to the to the sport fan at large. You know, um, this was one for me this year. I love it. Um, I'm going to go to high schools for number seven. Yeah, high schools for number seven. The finale, the last um, the last game of the 6A football season, which is the biggest schools now prep bowl. Yes. Centennial 28. Edina 27. Love this game because it's two schools that aren't always in the prep bowl. Like back back when I was covering preps, it was always Creighton, Durham Hall, and Eden Prairie. Lately, it's still yes. been Eden Prairie a lot. Minnetonka has been good. Like there's there's kind of your your standards of schools. Um, you know, both both teams were looking to win their first prep bowl title in history, I believe. And um, they both come in, and Centennial is kind of dominating the game more or less. They're up 28-14 in the fourth quarter, but Edina comes back, gets um gets a touchdown to get within 28-27 with 16 seconds left. Mm. They go for two and Centennial stops them at like the half yard line and that is how the game more or less ends. It's not the final play of the game, but 16 seconds left. It's ostensibly over. It's just basically run out the clock from there. I love when High school games. I've seen some amazing finishes in high school sports, especially when I was covering them. I saw Tatino Grace like pull off this, you know, amazing not not trick play, but it was like twice deflected pass where the receiver like did a back did a front flip into the end zone to to <laughs> to celebrate the win with no time left. Like it was desperation time. Like plays like 
better than the Minneapolis miracle somehow, but just yeah. on a smaller scale. But but I love when games like this at the prep level end um, you know, end on such a dramatic finish. You know, I, I hate that you know a team has to lose, but it's it's a, it was an amazing finish. Well, you know, Chip Scoggins did that great football across Minnesota after that, you know, after it was a really fun prep bowl, you know, stretch there about a coach taking that chance, you know, yeah. going for two in that moment. And um, the drama of that and sort of the the confidence you have to have in that even when it doesn't work, you know, when he when when Edina doesn't get that that he still had the the statement that it was something along the lines of like, I would do that. I would do that a hundred times and I do it again. You know, it's like, there's something really uh, exciting about coaches that have that certainty of belief of what they want to do and how they want to handle a moment. And then for Centennial to stop it. I mean, that's the stuff where it's like the momentum of Edina right. just carrying, right. carrying, carrying. And the idea that all of a sudden your team is going to reverse that momentum yeah. that quickly at the half yard line. It's like, Oh my gosh. It, uh, I think the prep bowl is underrated. You know, I, I had a closer tie to it this year because I um, am from Chanhassen. Now, when I oh, yeah. when I grew up there, there was no Chanhassen High School. Um, but now there is. And they also played a phenomenal um, yeah. championship it, game. Be, and They beat St. Thomas Academy, right? Is that what yes. that was? In yeah. the 5 uh, game? Yeah. Yeah. In, in a couple of – or in overtime. I can't remember, like, exactly all the – all of the deep, but it was a similar thing of like just a, a heavyweight match going back and forth. And these games, for some reason, produce the drama every single year. Yeah. Every there's, single there's year. one or two of those games every year in the prep. Yes. Game. That our last second touchdowns are just like, you know, heaving back and forth and swings, radical swings. I mean, um, I think Minnesota has this. Uh, for me at least i'm often amazed at how because we have the pro sports landscape and it swallows up so much and then beneath that you have the gophers landscape which is a whole other beast yeah. of fandom and multiple sports you know spread across all different kinds of interests and stuff like that and then you get down to college and it's i mean to high school um i'm not even talking about st thomas with yeah, all like the smaller scrap right yeah. yeah and all the d3 i'm just saying it's like the landscape of sports here is crazy and i think that our high school it's one of the things i love about our paper it's like we just we just cover high school athletics yeah. like like it truly deeply matters to people because of stuff like this where you go got really exciting players and coaches taking risks and these moments that are uh the best of the year they always come out of the uh, out of these games all right number eight for you we got three left oh man i'm surprised that this is moving as well as it is um okay this is going to you tell me okay, okay. i had a all couple right. of choices Good. here yeah this is tough because I um, I was really excited about this and it didn't lead to the finish. But I think when the Gopher men's hockey team going down yep. and beating Boston, Boston 6-2 to reach in the Frozen Four to reach the national championship, I think that was such a um, cathartic moment, you know, and such a defining moment for the team um, The the problem is that it it is quickly followed by an equally defining moment that was difficult and shocking and rushed the season to an end in a way yeah. that nobody was expecting. And so I, it was just one of those things where I was thinking about both go for men's and women's hockey. But for me, go for men's hockey, they had been trying to get back to this kind of place and to um, – you know, under Motsko and to to show what kind of team. And also this was just a uh, 
I just don't think you can deny the emotion that was involved in this season for Gopher men's hockey, you know, and just kind of this, yes. this feeling of uh, what that team meant to each other and to the state um, and that win and its emphaticness and the feeling of in that moment of uh, reaching the place where this program wants to be after so many years of dwindling attendance and these shocking photos at Mariucci and all of this stuff. Um, It's again, when we talk about moments, it's like, I am not a hockey fan. I don't know anything about hockey, but I was watching those games. I was deeply invested in those games and I was so excited for that program to have that moment. So I just loved that game. I loved the sense of like, when the tension is so high and you go out and you have a dominant performance and you just feel like you're showing what you're capable of and that, you know, that stellar line that they had that was like, yeah. you know, it just, anyway, it just was, uh, I think that team was maybe the, I don't know. I think it they'd be up there for the defining team in the state this, this year. Yeah. Um, and I love that moment, how they lost to Quinnipiac was probably yeah. the shocking moment of the year. Yeah. yeah they Yeah. Remember, it was that face-off, and it was like... Well, yeah, and in Quinnipiac, did they they tied it fairly late, too, late. in regulation, yes. oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole, was, yeah, and then they won it in, in, like in eight four, seconds. Yeah, four it was seconds. very fast. Yeah. It was like they, they took the puck, went down, and scored, and it was over. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I mean... It was got, a great goal, yeah. I mean, yeah. Quinnipiac absolutely deserved it. They played great. It's funny. Yeah. I had... Actually, Gopher Hockey was going to be my was going to be my last pick because I, I agree this, it, it was hard for me to pick a moment. I think like yeah. those series, the series they had against Michigan and the game they played against Michigan in the big 10 tournament. Like I was going to pick those. Okay. One of those are kind of that swirl because it felt like last year, even though they'd had success in previous years under Bob Mosco last year, felt like the year because of the attendance, because when the, because the fans came back and packed the arena, <laughs> that felt like last year was the year that Gopher Hockey was back. They were exciting. Yeah. They people wanted to be, people wanted to be there again, and it finally felt like they were kind of past the WCHA griping. Like it took it took ten yeah. years. Um, it took like it took a different kind of a special team. Uh, it took some new rivalries building, but it felt like last year finally Gopher Hockey was kind of back to that point that it felt like they were at, um, not just from a success standpoint, but from a people caring about it standpoint. Yeah. I think it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of tough when you have this thing where it's like, Oh, did the season end? But it's like, there's still the moment of it. Like you said, you're trying to pick it was, I was trying to figure that out too. And, um, I sort of just are, it's like arbitrary almost, but you just say there was so many moments of the season where it felt like gopher hockey was back to being meaningful. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, a you know, again, hopefully a thing that carries forward, but okay. So where are we at? That was eight. <laughs> that was eight. So I got nine. This could be controversial. Right here, because this isn't even so much Minnesota sports (laughs) technically, but I'm going to say that one of the 10 best moments in Minnesota sports in 2023 was when Aaron Rodgers finally got traded out of the division. (laughs) This was suggested to me on X on Twitter. And I was like, "Mm," and I was like, well, wait a minute. There's been 30 years of quarterback torture in this division because of the Packers. You finally get rid of this guy out of here. You usher in the Jordan Love era. Yeah, Jordan Love is the perfect quarterback 
to be in Green Bay for the next 10 years because he's not going to be great. He's going to be just good enough for them to be okay. So I hope <laughs> I hope that, you know, for, for the sake of the Vikings, for the sake of everybody, I hope that the Packers decide that they see just enough in Jordan Love to give him a contract extension because if you're a Vikings fan, that is absolutely what you want. He is never going to be great. He would be the perfect guy to go 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight for every year for the next 10 years. So that to me, you get him out of here, you get that kind of kind of threat that specter out of here finally you know this is a wonderful sort of you know the ho- the holiday season the end of the year it should be a mixture of gratitude melancholy <laughs> a little pettiness you know, and fruit this, yeah gratitude yeah, gratitude yeah, and fruit. yeah and this the, is the just big a fruits one. the big yeah <laughs> big dudes yeah i the only thing that i'll say is this when you lose aaron Rodgers, you lose something um, that is a core part of what make for great fan moments. And that is an enemy. True. And that is a thing that is like, you know, when you take him down and that feeling of, you know, when the, when the Vikings play the Packers now, you'll, I get what you're saying. It's like, you hope they have a mediocre quarterback, but it's like, boy, the Vikings better have a good one then. Cause what you don't yeah. want is just, mediocre versus mediocre True. and no stakes and everybody's just kind of going about their day. Um, th- this has been a year of terrible NFC North play. I mean, this oh, yeah. has been just it's sort bad. of, you it's know, bad. it's like there are little moments of good, like the bears all of a sudden will look good. And then oh, it's like a week later, it's like, oh, they're trash again. And the Packers all had to run people are like, oh, the Packers might be. And then they're trash again. The Vikings going through, uh, you know, quarterback after quarterback in the wake of Cousins. Right. Everybody realizing how good Kirk Cousins was. That's a moment of this yeah. season for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get it. And y- there is something sweet about it, isn't there? There's something yeah. sweet about a fan base that you have just come to have. They took for granted what they have. Yes. I mean, that's the, that's part of it, too. These Packer fans who would complain about Aaron right. Rodgers and sort of voice their displeasure with his playoff finishes. Well, enjoy yourself. Have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, go enjoy your day. I'm kind of glad we're not ending on that one, though. I want to hear your 10th one because I think this will maybe we'll get off of unless you're going to be petty, too, which would be fine. No, not at all. I mean, it's almost like I want to just dump things because I have a couple. Well, here what else do we- you got? What else do you got? Let's OK. Uh, I got a couple. Um I th- I thought that well I'm going to pick one yeah and pick gonna, one and then we'll maybe we'll do some honorable mentions or some yeah. kind of what 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 got missed on the list I'm picking um, an athlete that I think it over the past five years has become maybe I think she's it's like is she the best athlete ever from Minnesota I don't know but I think you know and Rachel Blunt deserves all the credit in the world for illuminating. Yeah our readership and our staff on how amazing this person is. But Jesse Diggins, yeah, says gold in the 10 kilometer freestyle at the yes. Nordic E championships. It's never happened before. It right. just, it's another, it's another cherry on the top of this career of hers that has come to define American skiing. And there's something about her that you just can't help, but like be thrilled by. Um, and she also, I mean, this has nothing to do with this, but it's like she's been open and honest about what she has dealt with personally, yep. struggling with eating disorder, being open about a relapse and that. That that doesn't have anything to do with the moment of her winning that gold. Um, but it's like this is an athlete that I think in time is going to come to be recognized as uh, up there with uh, Lindsey Vaughn or any of the sort of international um 
Olympic style sports that are maybe bigger internationally than they are at home. This is also a year where they're going to bring, or when is it that they're bringing one of the, one of these soon. Um, yeah. Is it, but that's going to be in 2024, right? That's in like, yes. Yes. yes yeah. Um, um, so anyway, my only point in saying this is that I just think that when I think of moments, I, I just, I think about her and like the kind of a sort it's not even it's not the, quite the same as the do alter thing because i just think diggins has been in our collective consciousness a little bit longer um but it's like if there, there's going to come a time here where you're going to look and go was she the athlete of the decade in minnesota like where do you rank these um people who are doing things that are just unheard of in the sport and um you know reagan smith has some of this coming and you know suny lee came out of nowhere when she had her moment at the olympics um diggins it's like i think that this moment for her sport for american skiing it's like this is one of the biggest moments of all time you know what i mean so i think it's a deserving spot on our list of what were the what were the moments in Minnesota athletics? It's like, even if it didn't happen here, even if it happened a half a world away or whatever, it's like, this is um, worth celebrating, you know, cause it's just another moment of her, her incredible career. So I like it. I'm glad you mentioned that one. That was on my list. I couldn't get beyond the pettiness of Aaron Rodgers, but I'm glad that you I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you, you mentioned that I, I had, I had Nafisa Collier and just what she did this year yes. on, on my list. And if I had to pick a moment, I would probably, you know, basically coming back like a year after becoming a mom. Like she played a little yeah. bit at the end of 2022, but like really this was like her comeback season from you know becoming a mother, like her body having, having to completely like refocus, you know, re get back into, you know, this elite playing shape. And she has one of the best years that you could have. She, you know, delivers at a 26 and 13 in an elimination game to win at Connecticut, like a, a game after they lost by 30 in game one to actually get them back here with a chance to pull a huge upset. They don't finish it off, but she had a huge game in that one too. Like the season she had, the moments she yeah. had, yeah, she had 31 in that last loss to to Connecticut. She had a phenomenal season and she was definitely deserving of being in the conversation for, I just couldn't find like the one moment if they had, won that series or something like that against Connecticut, maybe maybe right. that would have stuck a little bit more in my mind. What what else did you have on your list? I did have links. I had just links overcoming that one and seven start. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like go for hockey. It's like, well, where do you pick your moment here? But the fact that they were able to claw their way to the playoffs and do that. I had that too. I had um I had the Wolves beating the Nuggets in game four. Um I love, I love that two of your two of your moments what? were like the first seven games of the NBA regular season. No, 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 no. Game four. Oh, game, oh, game four. NBA Sorry, playoffs. game four playoffs last year. Okay. Yes. Yep. I, I was debating between going backwards in time and looking forward to what is hopefully, you know, the start of okay. the race. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Edwards, I think he had 31 or something in that. It was yeah. an overtime win. That was blew um, that game. Game. Yes. Remember that? Yes. They like coughed it up in regulation, but still won yes. overtime. Yes. Again, but again, it's like I, th these are the seeds. These are the seeds of what they're doing this year was planted in that series okay. and planted in the offseason. And um, so I loved that. I had, uh, what else did I didn't did mention I the wild at all. I kind of feel bad. Like they had a good year last year. Like they made the playoffs. They won a couple playoff games. Like they just, they're just not terribly interesting to me right now. It's a tie, you know, the wild. Uh, I don't know if it's a wild problem, if, if it's a NHL problem. I don't know exactly what the story is, but I think you're right. It's like, it, it's, um, what was your phrase earlier for the memoir title? The paradox of potential. The paradox, they are the opposite. So if that's the yes. paradox of potential, they are the, um, 
the, the static known of the bland the 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 the, the, the crumbles of consistency or something yeah like, like we we know exactly like you know exactly what that you feel like you know exactly what they're going to be every year give or take exactly i mean that's the part that to me it, this is a team that has undergone a dramatic transformation in terms of personnel coaches everything and you're sitting here going Eh, I don't know. I don't know when when they start to define themselves as something beyond what they've been the past number of years. So that's I because did we t- we didn't touch the I'm trying to think did Minnesota United have I mean they no, fired they didn't, coach that was a bad the, yeah I mean if we're talking about like biggest stories like that's certainly one of the biggest stories like if we were framing this differently like that makes a list like. The Gophers changing women's basketball coaches and oh, 100%. getting rid of Lindsey Whalen like that makes the list if you're just talking about stories. But yeah, I didn't feel like there was that moment for Minnesota United. They, they kind of overcame a slow start too, but they didn't even make the playoffs. Like they they I, came up short at the end. I do think that the yeah, if, if it was biggest story, I think it'd be a neck and neck race for me between Twins winning a playoff series yeah. and Timberwolves hitting the thing with the wolves is you don't quite know where it's going right, but right. it certainly feels like right now at this point of the year it's like that's the story yes um, it might it, you know what it could be it could become that it's the story of 2024 it could be the, the, yeah these, yeah, all the, these teams that split their years, it's hard, right? Like, yes, you know, the teams that span, you know, the wild, the wolves, things like that, even the Vikings, like if they had, if they were great, like we wouldn't know until January, late January or February, if where well, this was Well, I was looking going. at that when we were doing this list, I was like, yeah. do they have any, I couldn't remember if they had any games that touched into January and their final regular season game was, and then they lost to the Gi- the Giants in right. January. And so they didn't really have a defining moment this season. And then the regular season this year hasn't been good. So, right. Um, or, well, it's been the, the Dobbs. Average. We mentioned Dobbs. Like we got mm-hmm. them into the list. But yeah, this is an interesting year. And it's it's a weird, you know, it, it's it's hard to encapsulate it all. But yeah, we, I think we, I'm happy with our, I'm happy with but our. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that the Twins playoff wins? Uh, it's funny to say because I'm as we were doing this list, I was putting together. I'm like, huh, the, the I remember I, I was messaging you like, ah, oh, it's an interesting year for picking moments. But I would have to say the high, yeah, the high moment was one of the highest moments of the last number of years. I can't yeah. think of any higher moments than those games at Target Field where you just felt like uh, everything was coming together for the franchise. The Vikings haven't had a home playoff win since the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. Um, Wolves and Wild haven't won a series in a long right. time. The, you know the, I don't know. I just was thinking about that. Like that for a high a high moment, those Lewis home runs, those two yeah. games against Toronto, um, and even the two losses against Houston, where just in terms of the franchise and the direction of it, it's like it's kind of funny to think in a year that feels down overall, the high point was pretty pretty high. Yeah, it was, and I think the biggest energy this year has been the Twins. The Wolves start, go for hockey surge, and then those Dobbs games. Like that's 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 where I felt that the collective energy. Like people are just really into it for however long it lasted. It's funny though because the to me I will say that the year it feels like a year of of the biggest the biggest stories being kind of what's wrong, like what's not quite working with things. Yeah. Or yeah. Like you know and. Um, you have about, I think you have the twin, the twins and the wolves. We'll see about the twins and what this next year brings and what yeah. that pitching staff looks like. And, yes, you know, um, I, I think you have to be slightly worried about that, but yeah, um, I'm worried about that. Yeah. But it's, you know, in the Vikings too, it's like, you're going to enter an off season where you don't know. I mean, you got cousins as a free agent. What is this team doing going forward? 
Um, if they cut him loose, what does that look like? And anyway, it, and and you have a Wolves team that you right now you're sitting here going, well, if people are healthy at the end of the year, and this is and this team that we're seeing that we've seen early, uh, all of a sudden this is going to become a Timberwolves town. It might already be a Timberwolves town. I mean, I don't know, um, but. Anyway, these are good things, but yes. it's just it's been an interesting year. It has. Jeff, Day, always appreciate your help on these things. Hope you guys enjoyed the list. Feel free to reach out to us if you got ones that we missed. You can you can and send those my way. You don't you don't need to you don't need to bother Jeff with that, but you can bother me with that. <laughs> Tell me what we missed. But uh yeah, this is a you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back with regular episode probably Tuesday, January second. Um, I won't have a show Monday because that's New Year's Day. That's uh, that's still holiday, things like that. But I think Royce and I will do our show Tuesday, a bunch of Viking stuff, all that stuff next week. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate it, Jeff. We'll talk soon. Well, have- wait, well before we sign off, yeah. what, do, you have any, do you have any resolutions? you hit anything, you know, you, oh, you got anything trying to, to fix about yourself? Fix about myself. I just, uh, my resolutions for 2024 it's gonna be a busy year. I've got a lot of a lot of projects, a lot of things I want to do. So maybe some new wrinkles for the podcast. So I hmm. I want to I want to be present in all of the moments in my life when I am in those moments. I think I'm gonna be busy, and I don't want to be distracted always thinking about the other thing I'm supposed to be doing. I want to be present in the moment when I'm doing the thing I'm doing. It's probably the hardest thing to do. Yes, especially as a parent, like you, the context shifts of a parent. The context shift is something I read about in the New York Times recently. Like, you're constantly being like pulled in different. Like, your your brain is like you're doing one thing, and then it's like, oh, you got to do this other thing right now because someone needs something. Like the context shifts, it's it's impossible to to focus. But I, I want to be I want to be locked in on those in the present when I'm with my kids, when I'm doing a project, when I'm doing something else. I want to be in that moment in that time. I often have these discussions with my wife because she says I can't multitask. And I say, I think that's a good thing. Um, I But I do get like where I'm late. My brain zeroes in on something. But the problem is, like you were just saying, I sometimes can't un... Like I'll be sitting there like, you know, singing a song to my kid, putting him to bed. And my brain is thinking about like go for volleyball, for instance, yeah. or something like that, or like some story I'm working on or some bit of information I'm curious about. And uh, so that's a really good resolution. I will be curious. We can talk in a year and see how you did with that. And if you yes. do succeed, we'll yes. need you to start a new podcast where you share how Mindful- you were able. <laughs> Michael Rand's <laughs> mindfulness podcast, totally different direction. Your daily delivery meditation. <laughs> oh my oh, God. How about you? Do you got anything you want to do this in 24? Um, <clears throat> it's a good question. I don't know. I think, uh, I'd probably like to continue to, to, uh, I've been getting better and better about not wanting things, I think, Mm. and not trying to, this will sound, uh, this will sound strange, but not wanting to always be looking to like improve elements of life, like just being content and okay with what I have, if that makes sense, whether it's, you know, I think part of living in our houses more, um, post COVID and kind of, I don't know, I just, even though I go into the office more, I'm reporting things like that. I spend a lot of time in the house. And I'm always kind of questioning things in my house. Like, oh, should I be doing something here? Like, oh, that there's a crack in the ceiling. Do I need to get some putty? It's like, I just need, I want to learn to just not constantly be looking for something to do um, and try to find boredom again. I think it's like probably one of the things I've missed the most, uh, having two young kids and working and um, the never ending 
you know, cycles of news and sports uh, information. For me, it's like uh, there are times where I'm like, man, I used to be the best at being bored and just kind of being idle. And uh, that has evaded me for a long time. So I'm thinking about that. I think it kind of goes to your mindfulness thing. It's like just just letting letting life be and not trying to force it all the time. But then I'll get some notification or some phone call or Right. Uh, Taylor Lanfer went to the transfer portal yep. when I'm at dinner on a Friday night. And I'm like, well, there goes all of that. That was fun, but right I know it's, it's, it's a great point because I feel like there's, um, I, th- I think I fall into that trap sometimes. And I feel like I fall into that, you know, always, always striving for more. And I feel like working from home more and, and when you're, when you're commuting less or commuting less and you're just, you're going your places even though like you said both of us are out and about a lot more than we were two three years ago certainly but when you have kids the pace of life these days does not allow for what i like to call the in-between spaces those kind of moments where you're like oh there was like there's no like cushion of 30 minutes where you're just like oh that that time is unaccounted for it feels like so much of time is unaccounted for and those in-between spaces are so essential i feel like sometimes like even a commute can be that because Mm. you're just kind of like in your own space a little bit you obviously are focusing on the road if you're driving but like those kind of moments where you're not you're not doing a specific task you're not working you're not you know doing some other specific thing where you just can kind of sit and think and let you let the day process i think we lost a lot of that we need to get that back well i'm going to sound like a very basic boy here but uh i got into doing this uh, hour and 15 minute yoga class and i never i've never been an exerciser really and my wife was always into yoga and I'd never tried it. She's been doing it for a decade plus. I finally try it. And this class that I went to, it's like the first 45 minutes of it are kind of high, a little bit like energetic, but not like boom, 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 not Lollapalooza in the yoga studio kind of energetic, but just moving more. Right. The last 30 of it are like these things where you just lay in super uncomfortable positions yeah. and then you get done and you lay on your back. I'm saying everybody who does yoga is like, why are you explaining yoga to me? But um I have had moments in that stillness where I have like found emotional resonance. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, dude, this is the stuff that I think any kind of pause, if you, and I mean a real pause, Mm -hmm. a real deep seated pause in your movement and your thought. It's like, man, there's all kinds of weird, unaccounted for emotional spaces in that, that it's like when I, when it hits me, I'm sitting there going, well, I'm not doing a good job. If this is all like, pooled in there you know what i'm saying um but you are doing a good job if you're finding those space like no i agree with that but yes i get i get it yes i get it yes yeah but that you have to go like that 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 it that it sits in these places where you're maybe not targeting as much and and it's and it's it's not getting activated as often is what i'm saying yeah Uh, it was in a it was just kind of a moment of awareness for me like i could that's what i mean by wanting a little bit more of that so anyway what are we doing here what is this? i love it this is great no i just feel like this is this is like the extended this is the extended cut of the top 10 top the best moments in minnesota sports if you stuck around this far for this which was a really interesting final 10 minutes i enjoyed this conversation hope you guys did too um i don't think royce and i'll royce and i probably won't go into this same space on tuesday but hey that's that's what we do here we do all sorts of different stuff on daily delivery jeff day appreciate it happy uh rest of the year happy 24 and uh, we'll talk to you soon same to you rambo